even though he's not here to celebrate with us, today is Pickett's birthday. So my question for you guys, uh, what is on Pickett's birthday wish list that he definitely didn't get? Uh, we're going to start with the birthday girl who also just recently had a birthday, Tabitha. Happy belated. Thank you. That's me. <laughs> so because Pickett always wants me to be happy because Pickett is terrified of me, I think what Pickett would want most in the world is for me to get Winds of Winter so I can put bitching. <laughs> <laughs> Lydia. You know, I really think that he wanted a statue of a T-Rex made out of corn shucks, but I just don't think it's going to happen. <laughs> Matt. I don't know. I thought long and hard about this, and I... He does love socks. So, just like an endless supply of socks. Fun socks, obviously. Not just any socks. Picket socks. Yeah. Socks for picket. <laughs> that socks sounds like a good, like... Them. That sounds like a good brand. Socks for picket. When I start my sock company, that's what I call it. We should work <laughs> on that. Uh, <laughs> clearly, though... What he wanted most for his birthday is a cameo in the episode of The Flash crossed over with Smallville. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. So, but whenever you listen to this, Pickett, happy birthday! <laughs> And pick it. So we are going to get started tonight with actually a couple of reviews. Um, the first one comes out August 11th from Oni Press. It's called Gudatama, Adulting for the Lazy, and it's by Wook Jin uh, Clark. And... I was trying to come up with a way to describe this book and the, the description that came with the, uh, came with the reader is perfect. It says adulting is tough. Thankfully, Gudatama is here to guide you on your path to growth. Uh, Matt, I know you got a chance to read this as well. What did you think about this? I've always thought Gudatama is weird looking. Like the fact that Gudatama looks like an egg. Gudatama is, is an egg. Is an egg? Yeah. Always weirds me out. I just, I, <laughs> always weirds me out. Um, also, Goody Thomas' friend was kind of disturbing. The, I, I don't know what that was. Like a yeah. person that was like with Goody Thomas. Yes. Yeah. I, I don't know. Um, this was fun, though. Like, this was, I mean, it was lighthearted. Um, I, <laughs> I, it, it kind of devolved, I guess, if you will, like, as you got farther in. Like, the advice started out being relatively sound. And then as it got farther in, it got more and more absurd, which I kind of appreciated because it was almost like Gudetama's like, I'm sick of giving stupid advice to stupid people. <laughs> but I don't know. It was fun. I enjoyed it. Yeah, I, I agree. It, it was really fun. And it's, it's definitely more of an anthology than it is like a straight, you know, like story, like from beginning to end. Uh, but I yeah I mean and I agree with you Matt like there was some actual good advice in that mm -hmm. and it's kind of like you know where was this when I was just graduating college you know <laughs> this, this kind of is akin to like what is it like oh the places you'll go or whatever you know like I could see this being like a common graduation gift oh yeah but 
that said, uh, this is my first experience with Gudetama, and he is definitely my spirit Agamol. Lydia Bell. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> I just hate that you said Agamol. <laughs> well. <laughs> anyway. I mean, the yoke's on you. Lydia Bell. It's <laughs> <laughs> just racking him up already this week. Right, we're like five minutes in. Man, we are going over hard on this one. Lydia, no! <laughs> now you're just trying too hard, guys. If we're not careful, Lydia's bell count is going to get all scrambled. Lydia, <laughs> bell. Are you going to know shames in one episode? <laughs> Maybe, we'll see. I didn't start off tonight like that, but... So before I get into any more trouble, um, on sale August 12th, also from Oni Press, is Dryad number four. It's by uh, Kurtz, uh, YB, Justin, uh, Barcelo, Osterling, Francesco, Sagala, and Jim Campbell. Uh, basically, in Dryad number four, Rana and Griffin have left uh, everything that they know and are now in the big city uh, where they must figure out this new world and their place in it. Um, one thing that I really love about this story and this issue in particular is like reading issue one, I had, I did not see, you know, the progression to where we are now. I did not see that coming at all. Um, definitely there were some scenes that looked really busy, you know, especially in that big city, but like I was here for it. Cause it's like, it's a big city. It should be busy. Mm-hmm. Um, admittedly though, like, I was a little bit lost, but that was partially due to the fact that I hadn't read this title in a while. So if you're like me, it might, um, it might be a good idea to go back and get caught up, you know, kind of reread everything. So that way it's fresh in your mind. But uh, Matt, I know you read this as well. what do you think? This just continues to be a series that I love more and more. Like I'm with you. Like I never, we read issue one and it was, like all all fantasy um and now we've shifted and it's like all sci-fi but the journey from one to the other has been i don't know if it's necessarily been flawless because i don't know that you could do anything like that flawlessly but it has been like a relatively smooth transition um which is like kudos to like both the writer and like all and the art because transferring from what appeared to be a like a straight fantasy story to this hybrid of sci-fi and fantasy um, has got to be a huge undertaking, and they've done a great job with it. Um, I every time I read one of these, I, something new happens that I wasn't really expecting, but at the same time, I'm like, now I need to know more. Like I need to keep reading. Um, like I, I definitely want to go pick up physical copies of this. I want to go back and reread it. Um, and I want to keep reading it to like find out where this goes because there is like, we're only four, four issues in. And as much as there is this issue with like, like the, the kids' parents not telling them like about the quote unquote real world, which is this like sci-fi, like big city, there's more going on that we still haven't gotten to. And I, I want to know what that bigger thing is. 
Yeah, definitely. I mean, this is this is going to be one of those books that's going to be kind of like almost like a slow burn. Like, you know, like the issues themselves have been good. But when you like when this arc or when this series is done and you read it as a whole, like it's going to be like, oh, wow, this is fantastic. You know? Yeah, definitely. All right, guys, let's do some gut reaction. Oof, gut reaction. I don't know why I said it like that. That was kind of weird. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't be the first time I did anything weird. Um, Tabitha, Won't be the last. Start... Yeah, true. <laughs> <laughs> Tabitha, let's start off with some Phineas and Ferb. Okay, so I didn't know we were getting this until last night, and I got tagged in the trailer on Facebook. But we are getting a Phineas and Ferb movie on Disney Plus, August twenty eighth. Um, it's called Candace Against the Universe, and this looks fantastic. I'm obsessed with Phineas and Ferb. I've watched all of them. They're just, it's such an amazing show. And um, I have a love slash hate relationship with Candace. <laughs> Mostly because I am Candace. Um, <laughs> but um, this looks just so great. And the, the first Phineas and Ferb movie was fantastic. And like, they just, they just can't do anything wrong with these characters. And I'm so excited. And also this is like Candace goes to space. So this <laughs> has all my boxes ticked. So I'm giving this a huge thumbs up. Um, I'm also going to give this a thumbs up. Not for me because I've never been huge on Phineas and Ferb, but if you're that excited about it, Tabitha, I'm that excited for you. So thumbs up. Lydia. <laughs> yeah, so I've watched Phineas and Ferb before, but I have never really gotten super into it like Tabitha has. But I, I, I agree with Mitch. If it makes you super happy, then I'm happy. So thumbs up. <laughs> you guys are the best. <laughs> Matt. This is fantastic. Now, I have not actually seen the other Phineas and Ferb movies, mm -hmm. but I have seen probably every episode. My boys for a while were obsessed with this and have seen every episode. And this is one of the smartest and funniest cartoons for adults or kids like ever and it's like the fact that they're continuing this on disney plus we're getting another movie absolutely love this cannot wait for this thumbs up lydia let's talk about mulan so the live action mulan was supposed to have released in theaters in march of this year obviously it did not because the world's going to crap but you know whatever um that they have finally announced that they're going to be releasing it straight to Disney Plus on September 4th, but it is going to be $29.99 to rent it on top of the monthly fee that you already paid to have Disney Plus. Um, for any of the countries that don't have access to Disney Plus, they are still releasing it in theaters. Um, with the way things are right now, I understand why they're doing the release on uh, the streaming service, but I think it's a bit steep to make you pay like 38 bucks just to rent it when at this point it would probably be coming out on DVD had it actually released in the theater and it would only be like 20 bucks to get a Blu-ray. So I think the price is a bit steep, but I like that we're going to have access to this movie when we haven't yet this year. So thumbs sideways, because I think the price could, could have been a little bit lower than that. Matt? Uh, I am also going to go thumb sideways because I feel like 
a lot of the movies that were going to hit theaters during the pandemic are going to be going this direction, released, you know, solely on streaming service. Um, I mean, Trolls World Tour, I think, was like the first one to do it and caused that big hubbub with uh, Universal and AMC theaters. Um, but the $30 price tag seems steep for a rental. And honestly, at this point, like, if you're going to wait for it, eventually it's just going to be added to Disney Plus without the $30 charge. So, I don't know, maybe not $30. So, like I said, thumb sideways. Yeah, I'm going to give this a thumbs down. Like, this feels like a cash grab that they don't get to try for right now. Like, you're going to put Hamilton on there and give it to us full free. <laughs> and, like, I get my original songs, but you're going to take all the songs and Mushu out of Mulan and you still, still expect me to pay you for it. Like, I wasn't going to do that in the theater. So, I'm definitely not doing it on streaming service. So... This is getting a thumbs down for me. I feel like this is just a cash grab from them. Um, just to put you on the spot, Tabitha, because you kind of mentioned Hamilton. If they had done something similar to Hamilton, how much would you have paid to rent Hamilton from Disney Plus? <laughs> so I don't know that my love for Hamilton outweighs my cheap. Like, I'm the, <laughs> I'm the cheapest human in the world. Like, I could have millions of dollars, and I'd be like, what, $9.99? No. Um, so I'm going to say $19.99 probably would have been my limit, because then I would have just been like, well, they're going to put it on here eventually anyway. I'll just wait. $20 would have been my limit. I would wait for it, wait for it, wait. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. So I was actually, I was talking about this with my roommate earlier today, and, um, and I go back and forth. Like, I kind of see what Disney Plus is trying to do. Uh, they, they are trying to recoup some of their costs because I, I have a feeling that they think that Mulan was going to be one of their biggest movies this year. Um, and so, you know, and, and you know, kind of like what Matt said with, the, with Trolls World, World Tour. I mean, granted, it wasn't $30, but it was the same kind of thing. You had to pay for it. Um, that said, I mean, yeah, $30, I still think is kind of steep. Uh, at the same time, like a family of four, you're not going to go to the movie theater for under that anyway. Um, yeah. But I, I, I think for me, if it was $20, if I was super interested and like really wanted to see this movie, I would pay that. $30, I don't know. I'd have to think about it. So thumb sideways. So this next one. I'm going to try my best to not actually spoil anything because this talks about a huge spoiler in uh, Empire number four. So uh, Marvel announced the details of Empire Avengers Aftermath, which is going to be out in September. The only problem is that they announced the details the same day that Empire number four was released, and it spoils a major scene in the book. I'm going to have to give this a thumb sideways. I actually am surprised at how much I'm enjoying Empire, but... Um, I hadn't gotten to get the issue yet. And then I found out about all this because everybody was talking about, Oh, Hey, Marvel spoiled all this, blah, blah, blah. Like, okay, cool. Awesome. So, I mean, so that said, like, I'm cool with what the special is going to be. I am cool with, you know, the big scene in the book, but man, I really wish that Marvel would have at least waited like 24 hours after the book came out to be like, Oh, Hey, be sure to buy this other thing. Lydia. 
Yeah, I don't really know anything about that because I'm not that much into the comic side of it. But yeah, I agree. If they're going to do something like that, they should avoid a little bit longer before releasing something that had that big of a spoiler in it. So yeah, thumbs sideways. Matt? I'm going flat thumbs down. Marvel has been at this crossover event game long enough to know when to release things and know what to release to not spoil things. They have a big enough marketing department and art department and all these things to be able to tease something like an after event without giving away crucial plot points. So thumbs down for poor planning and awful execution. Yeah, I'm also going thumbs down because Marvel is kind of getting to be notorious for this. Like this whole like major fail in the marketing slash art department. Like there's like someone needs to be fired. I don't know who it is, but like someone's not doing their job. (laughs) Give it to me. I'll do it. Very good at continuity. Um, I just don't understand how like this keeps happening to Marvel and like whoever's doing it just keeps doing it. And like, it's probably multiple people, but like, at the point where you're like known for it, you have a problem. And also when you're known for something like that and you're Marvel, you have a huge problem. So definitely thumbs down. Matt, let's talk about Earthworm Jim. So the last Earthworm Jim game that we got was like 20 years ago. A new one is coming. Surprise. Um, it's also coming to a system that essentially no one's going to play. Um, so Intellivision was like the first console ever. Like it it beat, uh, Atari essentially to market. Um, but Intellivision is releasing their Amico, which is now delayed until 2021. Thanks to the pandemic, um, new console system. And on this console system, the Intellivision CEO, who actually happened to be the composer and sound designer for Earthworm Jim 1 and 2, um, has announced that they will have an exclusive new Earthworm Jim game for this console. Um, More plot details are going to be revealed later. I mean, I don't know. I think I'm going to go thumb sideways because I, I credit them for finding something that like the gaming community kind of has been asking for for years and being able to maybe pull some funds. But like, I mean, how many people even knew that this, like the original system was going to be released in October and really the system wasn't even announced until this earthworm gym news hit. So yeah, I'm sideways. Yeah. Um, I've never heard of Earthworm Jim or Intellivision, and I don't know if it's because I'm not old enough or what. So, thumbs sideways? Yeah, it's... I'm gonna have to agree. Thumbs sideways. It's weird because it's like... It's cool, but at the same time, it's like, how many people are actually going to buy this for Earthworm Jim? Lydia. Five. (laughs) Yeah, I'm going to have to go thumb sideways also. Like, I appreciate trying to bring back something from that long ago. But if you're going to do it, 
do it on a system that people are already playing on. Like they did a remake in like 2010 for PS3 and Xbox already. So why not just put it on one of those systems that people already have? Like putting it on a system like this, no one's going to play it. Tabitha, what is Channing Tatum up to? No good. That's what Channing Tatum is. <laughs> <laughs> so when I posted stories this week, my stories were like, yay, no, yay. And this is my no story. Um, <laughs> Amazon Studios has picked up a feature musical film project about Lady Macbeth. Um, producers... <laughs> Oh, I just, I just, I can't, I can't say this out loud. But producers featured on the project include Channing Tatum, uh, with the project hoping to resonate with the young adult demographic in a story about a teenage girl who has to grapple with the consequences of her ambitions. Just, I just, no, no, all the thumbs down. Like, if I had extra thumbs, I would turn them down, but I only have two, <laughs> so two thumbs down. Um... Let's maybe not, like, if we want to adapt Macbeth or, like, take part of Macbeth and adapt it, that's fantastic. If you want to bring it to a younger generation like O did for, mm -hmm. like, the movie O did for Othello, or, like, you know, the Romeo and Juliet with yeah. Leonardo DiCaprio and Claire Danes did for Romeo and Juliet, that's cool. But you're going to turn Macbeth into Lady Macbeth and then make it a musical and put Channing Tatum in it? I'm going to need you to sit down. Like, let's not. Let's not bastardize Shakespeare any more than he already has been. Let the poor man rest in his grave so he can stop turning over. Thumbs down. Don't let this happen. So, so is Channing Tatum going to be in it or is he just producing? Sweetie, Channing Tatum has never posted or produced anything where he hasn't been in it. <laughs> have you met Channing Tatum? No, I haven't. E he's the most egotistical person in the entire world. He's like, I'm going to be associated with this project, but I'm also going to be the main character. He's like the dick version of Lin-Manuel Miranda. He's like, <laughs> nobody else can do this, so I have to. Like, I just... And it's, there's going to be dancing. There should never be dancing. Like, I just... This hurts my brain. I'm, I'm upset. Like, I'm, I'm actually upset by this. Yeah. Like, there's never been a really good Macbeth retelling because, let's face it, that, like, Mel Gibson thing was trash. So, like, we've never had a good Macbeth movie, and now they're like, oh, here you go. And I'm like, no, but that's not what I wanted at all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm gonna have to go thumbs down on this. Um, yeah, it's... Something is rotten in the state of Denmark. <laughs> all the no thumbs down <laughs> Matt like, the only thing that makes me the least bit interested is when you say Macbeth and then you get to Channing Tatum and you get to musical and it's just absolute thumbs down this is already a dumpster fire and it hasn't even happened they're gonna ABC family lady Macbeth that's what's gonna happen oh god <laughs> um 
Matt, just know that it's going to be your fault when I choose this for guilty pleasure or dumpster fire whenever it comes out. Right? <laughs> Do we have I said, to? Because I said those two words. <laughs> oh, God. So a reimagined take on Ren and Stimpy is coming to Comedy Central. Uh, it's going to join an updated version of Beavis and Butthead as well as Daria spinoff Jody. Um... I'm going to give this a thumbs sideways, but kind of up. Um, I loved Ren and Stimpy as a kid. I loved Beavis and Butthead as a kid. Never never got into Daria. But um, I think that if done right, and with Comedy Central, I feel like it can be done right. I think these would be really fun and really entertaining. So, yeah, mostly thumbs sideways. Lydia. Yeah, I'm with you. If they can do it right, then it'll be fun, but... Anything that they've been like reimagining or rebooting lately has just not been up to par. So that thought scares me. But so thumb sideways. Matt. I feel like there are some cartoons and properties, and we talk about this pretty frequently, mm-hmm. that just should be left as they are in their own little time capsule. Um, you know, some of them necessarily like haven't been gone far enough when you do things like Phineas and Ferb, like that's still kind of a continuation. Um, things like Beavis and Butthead and um, Ren and Stimpy, I think should just be left alone. So I'm going to go thumbs down. Canada. Okay. So I'm like the only like nineties kid who absolutely hated the show <laughs> because it's just not my kind of humor. And I never understood like the big deal. And all the guys in my class would always like go around quoting it. So it got real old, real, <laughs> real fast. So I saw that they were rebooting this and someone I follow on Instagram made a point about how, you know what I'm talking about. Yes. Made a point about how the creator of this show is just a giant piece of shit. And That's this true. show is also just a giant piece of crap. So I'm gonna go thumbs down. I'd forgotten about that. Yeah, yeah. like a real, like a real problem of the person. Like, didn't didn't something come up recently with him? Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't remember what it was, but it was bad. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Matt, let's talk about uh, what John John Boyega is up to. So John Boyega has not uh, been bored apparently during the quarantine pandemic. Uh, he has been working with Darren Chris and iHeartRadio to do a 10 episode podcast. Um, it's a scripted podcast uh, report. Deadline initially broke this report um, saying that production was completed during quarantine. It is titled there be monsters. Um, Boyega is playing Jake Locke, who is a mysterious hero with a vendetta who infiltrates a Silicon Valley body hacking startup. And then Darren Chris is going to be playing the CEO of this startup, uh, Max Fuller. There's no release date. They're saying expected later this year. I have managed to get into a few, a few like almost odd or bizarre like scripted podcasts and you put John Boyega's name on something that's called there be monsters. And I'm absolutely in. So thumbs up. Tabitha. Um, yeah, I'm kind of into these scripted podcasts now simply because they're kind of like full cast audiobooks, but they're <laughs> like 
episodic so I don't have to like completely pay attention. So this sounds fantastic. You had me at Darren Chris and you definitely had me at John Boyega. So I'm giving this a thumbs up. <clears throat> yeah, John Boyega, Darren Chris, uh, B Monsters. I mean, there's a lot of buzz around this. So thumbs up. Lydia. Lydia sound. <laughs> Yeah, I, I agree. I love the idea of this. And I, granted, I will always think of Darren Chris as Harry Potter for my Harry Potter musical. But I mean, absolutely. I want to <laughs> listen to this. Thumbs up. So uh, Tribeca Film Festival is teaming up with Walmart for a nationwide drive-in screening uh, at 160 locations. Um, there are going to be a ton of movies shown, including Black Panther, the Lego Batman movie, E.T., Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. Uh, you can go to the walmartdrivein.com for dates and locations. I looked, there is nothing near us at all, so that's why I have to give this a thumbs down. Lydia. So wait, is it like a drive-in and a Walmart parking lot, or is yes. it just like... Yes. Interesting. But yeah, since they're not around here, just thumbs down. That's rude. Yeah. Matt. The one comment I saw about this that made me chuckle was that, I mean, at least Walmart's already got the snacks, which <laughs> True. you can't argue with. Uh, but I'm going to thumbs down just for the fact that this isn't around us because, let's face it, like, as much as I don't like paying a whole ton of money to go to the movie theater, I do kind of miss it. And to be able to go see something on a big screen would be kind of fun. Yeah. I hate Walmart with the passion of 10,000 burning suns. I hadn't been there in almost four years for a really long time. And then I went to Walmart and now I have regrets, but I boycott everything Walmart just on principle because it's Walmart. So thumbs down for Walmart drive-ins. Stop taking money from local drive-ins that need the money more than you do Walmart go away. Cause you know what's going to happen. People are going to go in and get those snacks. It's a marketing tool. Don't let Walmart fool you. That's fair. We are going to close out Gut Reaction with Matt and uh, a story about Zelda. <laughs> what year is it? <laughs> uh, I mean, it depends on who you ask. Because according to John Boyne, it's part of a nonfiction uh, book. Oh, God. <laughs> so John Boyne, most popularly known for the boy in striped pajamas, um, has released a new book, The Traveler at the Gates of Wisdom. Um, but he Reddit, a Reddit user called him out because apparently during his research, he was doing, he was Googling um, dyes for dressmaking. And in his book, he quotes a recipe from Zelda Breath of the Wind. Wild. <laughs> Breath of the Wild, sorry, yes. Um, like, apparently this comes directly from an article from Polygon that talks about dyeing clothes in the game. Um, he references <laughs> ingredients as Octorok Eyeball, Key Swing, and quote, the tale of the red Lizzlefoss and four Hillian Shrooms. Oh. Like, he, like, John Boyne replied to the Reddit post in jest, basically saying, yeah, I screwed up, you got me, I Googled it, you know, my bad. Um, but honestly, like, who's his editor? Like, his editor should be 
fired. Like that's what you get paid to do as an editor is catch shit like this. Like there's no reason this should have been in a nonfiction historical novel. Like somebody should have caught that somewhere along the way. So I'll give him a thumbs up for like his positive response to it and just going like, well, you know, it happens. I got busted, you know, yep. But thumbs down for the entire rest of the publishing industry and letting this happen. Tabitha. Okay, so a couple <laughs> weeks ago, I was reading a book and uh, the author of the book is one of my favorite historians of all time. I will not drop names, but she's one of my heroes. And she put in a quote from the King James version of the Bible um, that wasn't written until, you know, King James was a king, and this was taking place long before King James was a king. And I got real salty about it. And I almost tweeted her, and I almost called her out on it, because, like, she's one of those people that accepts when she gets called out on that kind of stuff, like putting tomatoes in a pre-Elizabethan novel as food, because they didn't understand they were food. They thought they were decoration. Um, but I didn't. I held my shit together, even though I really didn't want to. There are editors. There are editors for a reason. Dear John Boyd, if you want to send me your future novel, <laughs> I will edit them for you so you don't make these mistakes. I also don't understand, like, even just reading it, like, it looks fake. Like, if you just read through, like, the, the, like, the, yeah, the recipe, like, the, the recipe of the, like, you're just like, that <laughs> can't possibly be real. And, like, I don't know anything about Zelda, but I know things about life. So, like, who's your editor? They're broken. <laughs> um, hire me. Hello. I'm free. Um, yeah. Thumbs thumbs up for his reaction to it because he could have been a complete and total ass because the authors are usually like, don't tell me what to write. But like, he was cool about it. So thumbs up for him. Thumbs down for whoever his editor is. They need a new job. Uh <laughs> First off, Tabitha, this is the second time that you've offered your services for different Here's occupations. Here's the thing, yeah. I hate my job. I'm really just trying to find it. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just hoping someone random is listening to this episode and they're like, oh my god, she sounds lovely. Let's hire her. <laughs> it's probably just a really good thing that we don't have a KFC story this week. <laughs> Lydia Bell! <laughs> Uh, um, <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to have to go a thumbs down on all of this, um, especially for the editor for not catching it, but also for like, how, how do you write this? And like, how did you like, you know, type this up or whatever, you know, this recipe and be like, yeah, that sounds completely legit. Like, <laughs> no, no, Lydia. Yeah, I, I agree. I'm just going to go thumbs down because like, yeah, the editor failed big time, but if you're going to write something nonfiction, historical, or whatever, why are you using Google as your, like, baseline for this? Like, you should have more right. knowledge of what you're doing than that. So, the, thing, <laughs> the thing that really surprised me when I read this through all the way was that the article, like, he was quoting an article from, article from Polygon. Like, anybody that knows anything about nerd culture knows what polygon publishes uh-huh i mean he's not a nerd though he's a history nerd okay, so he's probably just like recipe first thing that popped up on google 
copy paste. Like he. Mm. Nah. Yeah. He wrote the boy in the striped pajamas. He's got to be the most depressed man that's ever walked the face of the earth. You know what that book's about, right? Um, I never read it, but um, it's about like two boys or something, right? And mm-hmm. on a border between two warring countries. Um, little boy A, his dad is a uh, commandant at Auschwitz. And little boy B in the striped pajamas is a uh, prisoner at Auschwitz. And little boy A it doesn't understand where he is. And he's like, can I borrow some pajamas? And the boy's like, yeah, I'll steal you some from the thing. And he gives them to him and they both end up in the gas chamber. Oh. So the commandant of the internment camp kills his son. It's very happy. It's very pleasant. It's a great film. Won't make you cry at all. <laughs> That's awful. That's what the boy in the striped pajamas is about. I'm never reading that. You shouldn't. Yeah. I cried so hard I threw up. Oh my gosh. I can see this. Mm-hmm. Wow. Oh god. So yeah, he's so depressed he probably doesn't even know what Google is. Like he's like <laughs> red dye. I don't even know what <laughs> He probably uh, still uses Ask Jeeves. Yeah, that's probably right. <laughs> All right, so got a few other stories to talk about. First thing, um, and I feel like I've been talking about this every time a little bit of news comes up. So as part of the free comic book day slash free comic book summer, uh, Skybound and Image Comics gave the first look at the Invincible series um, in their free comic book day offering. It shows a look at some of the illustration as well as the cast. Um, I am super pumped for this show. Um, and I haven't made it to get comics this week, which first off is like, I don't know who I am. Um, (laughs) second off, when I do get them, I really hope that this is still available because I really, 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 really want it. But yeah, I'm just, I'm super, super pumped for this show. Uh, the more I hear about this, the more one, I want to watch it. And two, I feel like you need to go back and start reading Invincible. Mm-hmm. So, I've been I've been picking up um, like the collected trades at uh, well I make it a point at any con I go to to at least get like one or two because I think at this point I think there's like twenty five of them. Yeah, it's yeah. a. I mean, it's a long series. Yeah. So, but clearly, you know, like this year, I ain't getting any more from a con. Um, <laughs> but I'm on. I think I'm on volume five. I think I just started that. And my goal is to, even if I don't have it completed, to have a good chunk of it read by the time the show premieres. Tabitha, let's talk about Between between the World and Me. So HBO is on this adaptation stuff. Uh, Ta-Nehisi Coates, Between the World and Me, is going to be adapted by HBO. It's a special event that will air this fall. Um, Kamala Forbes is set to direct with the author, Ta-Nehisi Coates, uh, executive producing. I have not read this book. It's on my ever-growing TBR, but um, it is a uh, story about, um, I'm just, I'm just going to read this because if I try to tell you what it is, I'm not going to 
you can do it justice. Uh, the book is written in the style of a letter to Coates' son, telling the story of his experiences growing up in Baltimore's inner city, his growing fear of daily violence against the black community, and his notion of the structure of American society that supports white supremacy. Um, this has been like recently since everything that's gone on and ever since like the Black Lives Matter movement started trending again, like Ta-Nehisi Coates' books have started trending and people have been reading them and we should have been doing that a long time ago. But this is something I think we need right now. And I trust this author based on just their social media content and the way that people talk about this author's books. Um, I trust... HBO working with the author to do a good <clears throat> job making this what it needs to be. I'm, I'm stoked for this. I need to sit down and read the book before obviously the book comes out. Um, we need more black Americans producing TV shows and especially more black Americans writing books that become well known. So this is just, this is fantastic. HBO is notorious for reaching out to like smaller and minority communities, um, which is great. Like HBO, say what you will about like some of their content, but like HBO is really, really good about embracing minorities, um, especially for book content and turning it into something where Hulu and things like that tend to pull more from like the white community. I'm completely just like, ecstatic that hbo is the one that got a hold of this i mean yeah. i think they'll do a great job with it yeah not like, only go ahead go ahead i was just gonna say not only that but like the fact that they're working with um with the author as well because that's like that's always something that just kind of makes the project just a little bit better you know yeah. i mean the book was already adapted as a stage production and it went off really well and like everybody really loved it and it was really well accepted so this is just like a translation of the book into the stage production into a tv show so i trust hbo with something like that Matt, what were you gonna say oh like this is one of those authors that <clears throat> i sadly like a lot of people have am essentially behind the eight ball in trying in reading any of their their stuff um but his stuff intrigues me from so many angles because not only are his books super popular and like so well received um but he has gone i mean mitch you probably know this like he's written a couple of marvel series like he wrote black panther for a while and he wrote captain america as well yeah and those are series that of comic books that i wanted to read and i didn't get to because I want to know how an author that has been so well received, both critically and popular, pop, pop, uh, popularity. Yes, one. thank you. You're welcome. Um, you know, translates those stories into comic books as well. So I don't know. So Matt, let's talk about. Um, you've got a few stories about the Avengers game. I do. So there's kind of been a deluge of information in regards to the Marvel Avengers game. We knew this was coming for a long time. Uh, Crystal Dynamics and Square Enix have been working on this for quite a while. Um, <clears throat> they have touted this kind of forever as like, I, I guess you'd almost say is like the, the paramount of the turnaround for like superhero video games, which kind of tend to be like, like, I don't know, um, 
video game adaptations into movies. You know, they just don't usually turn out well. Um, so Crystal Dynamics and Square Enix have put a lot of work into this. Um, the game releases September 4th for PS4, Xbox One, and PC. Um, if you buy a PS4 or an Xbox One version of the game, you will automatically get a free upgrade to either the PS5 or the Xbox Series X version. Um, so that alone is kind of cool. It's kind of something that they did with a couple of games between PS3 and PS4. Um, this is really the first one um, between like the next, this generation and next generation of consoles are doing it with. Um, the games are up for pre-sale. Um, all of them, all of the bonus or the special editions include early access to the game. It's like three day head start to, um, to the game. General, general premise is this. Um, you get to play as Black Panther, I'm sorry, you get to play as Thor, Black Widow, Iron Man, Hulk, Cap, um, and then the main character is actually Kamala Khan, Ms. Marvel. Um, it all starts when she brings the Avengers back together after a disastrous event. Um, but in amongst all of this release information, like they've released um, the different versions. There's a $60 version, which is like your basic. There's a $70 version, which includes some extra content as well. $80 version is a $90 version for GameStop that has a Hulk statue. Um, and then there's even like a $200 version, which has all sorts of extra stuff with it. Um, they recently announced that Hawkeye is going to be the first character available as part of the download content. Um, so that gives us seven characters. <clears throat> and then kind of what spurred a lot of this um, was that um, the eighth playable character was released and is going to be a Sony exclusive and it kind of drew some ire in the internet because it is going to be Spider-Man and it's going to be only for PlayStation. Mm. Which, like, when you when you get down to it and you think about it, it makes sense. Sony, yeah. PlayStation, Spider-Man, exclusive. Like, I mean, I get it. But now the Xbox users are asking, well, what are we going to get? Like who's our who's our character? A PlayStation, if you want to play a Spider-Man. <laughs> <laughs> so, eh, I don't know. Like that stuff hasn't been announced, um, but you know they have announced some of the pre-order bonuses. Um, you know, outfit packs, nameplates for the characters. Um, Amazon, you'll get a digital copy of the first prequel comic, which is going to be Iron Man number one. Best Buy exclusive is a steel book and a $10 reward credit. Um, Walmart, honestly, the two coolest like bonus, like pre-order bonuses, like I think are Walmart and GameStop. Um, Walmart is going to have six physical patches that represent the main characters. So like each one is going to be like their logo. Um, and then GameStop essentially has those same six icons, but as like lapel pins. Ooh. Nice. You have so, my attention. Like, right? <laughs> so, like, the patches and the pins are kind of cool. Like, a comic, a steelbook, like, whatever. Like, the pins are kind of, the pins and the patches are kind of cool. So, I don't know. We'll see. I'm kind of on the fence about pre ordering this. Um, like, the three days early access really doesn't mean anything to me because I'm probably not going to get to it 
right away for release day anyways, but I don't know. This this will be interesting to see what it actually comes out if it stands up to the hype that Crystal Dynamics and Square Enix have kind of like, you know, pumped themselves up with. So I do like that they're basically letting it jump forward to the next uh, platform because then there's less worry about, oh, well, I just spent 60, 70, 80 bucks on this game and now I'm getting a new console and I'm never, I'm not going to play it anymore because it's mm-hmm. on the old console. So I right. do like that. And going back to the downloadable characters, um, one thing that I do like, it not enough for me to, you know, buy a game, you know, a, a PlayStation as well as this game, but uh, with Hawkeye, it's actually, it's the Matt Fraction version. Oh, is it? I didn't uh-huh. realize that. <clears throat> yeah. Nice. So. And also, um, you know, while PlayStation has Spider-Man, I feel like Xbox would get like Professor X. Well, the rumor might be Wolverine. That would be kind of cool. I don't know. We'll see. So. I do kind of like that <laughs> Whatever some of it the... Is, <laughs> I do kind of like that some of the games are going back to the different, like, unlockable things or bonus characters on um, d- different platforms. Because it makes me think back to, like, Soul Calibur. Like, each platform had a different character. So, like, uh, yeah. Say PlayStation had a Tekken character, and Nintendo had Link and things like that. So I kind of like that they're making it slightly different for the different users. Yeah. I I agree with you. I I like that idea at the same time though. Like it does it does kind of suck for the people who are like, you know, Xbox exclusive like that's the only thing that they have, but they're also a Spider-Man fanboy. So it's like, you know, what am I going to yeah. do? That's that's been the biggest thing online is that like cuz the Spider-Man Miles Morales game was announced as a PS5 exclusive. So now they're like, great. So if I have to play if I want to play Spider-Man, I have to get a PlayStation. Like Sorry, Xbox fanboys. Like, I see know. no issue here. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, Lydia, let's talk about Supernatural. The so the fifteenth season got delayed. Obviously, they got I think through thirteen episodes, and then production got stalled because of a pandemic. But they are still trying to keep morale up and all that fun stuff. Um, so Misha Collins, Jensen Ackles, and Jared Padalecki did a Zoom call with the band Kansas. And they spent like 20 minutes just chatting with these guys. And then at the end of the video, um, Misha Collins does this thing called Gish, which is an at-home scavenger hunt, and all the proceeds go to charity. Hmm. And... Some of the people that signed up for Gish actually got to get on the Zoom call with them, and they had basically this fireside, like, sing-along version version of Carry On My Wayward Son with Kansas actually playing the song over Zoom. And I saw this, and I was going to post it, and I was like, is Lydia going to post this story? <laughs> and then you did, and I was like, okay. But- yep. This warms my heart. This made me so happy. I love Misha Collins. <laughs> I do, too. I've got my beef with the other two, but like I, <laughs> like yeah. yeah, it is super cute to watch. Like that, you can tell that even though they're like so far apart, they're having a blast, like talking to each other and talking to this band. And granted, the sing along part was not great because I mean, 
God love nerds, but most of them can't carry tuna in a bucket. <laughs> um, <laughs> He's not wrong, though. Uh, I couldn't carry a tuna in three buckets. Wow. Shots fired. Lydia Bell. <laughs> Uh wow. But yeah, so it is just adorable and it's like the perfect uplift with everything going on. And I'm not gonna lie, I am digging the boys' beards right now because that is a good look. <laughs> they need to keep the quarantine beards literally forever. I agreed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I saw this. This was just this is the kind of content we need right now. Mm-hmm. Like this is what we need. <laughs> And the best oh. part is I feel like that's what this, like, that fandom has been over the years anyway. So it's great to just see how much, like, camaraderie and good mm-hmm. comes out of that. Uh, last couple of stories. The first one I want to touch on just briefly. Um, <clears throat> so well, there's all this talk about the Snyder Cut. But Ryan Reynolds has released his own cut of 2011's Green Lantern. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> Um, if you have the time to watch it, do it because it's like 30 seconds. Um, (laughs) which is the link that movie should have been, (laughs) but it does also feature some cameos, uh, from like Deadpool and the justice league. Um, yeah, it was, I, I watched it this afternoon. I thought it was hilarious. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I'm also like kind of one of those weird people. Like I didn't hate that movie. Were you awake when you yes. watched it? Okay, just checking. <laughs> it wasn't great, but like, I really like Green Lantern, and so it was like anything Green Lantern, like give it to me. I mean, I also really like Green Lantern, but that wasn't really a Green Lantern movie. <laughs> that was a Ryan Reynolds in <laughs> <laughs> a CGI a mask and suit. That was it a was... Van Wilder movie with a Green Green Lantern costume. <laughs> It was better than nothing. What? <laughs> I also have a feeling that it would be better than Cheetos Mac and Cheese, which is our last story. I mean, I don't know. I'm, I'm going to let Matt finish yep. because it's okay. his story. But I've had Mac and Cheese coated in Cheetos, and it's the best thing that's ever happened to me. That's true. That local, local place that does Mac and Cheese with Cheetos over the top is really good. Um, so Cheetos, part of PepsiCo, is releasing their own mac and cheese. Three flavors, Flamin' Hot, Bold and Cheesy, and Cheesy Jalapeno. Um, PepsiCo has confirmed that they are already hitting Walmart shelves. Um, they will be more widely available as of August 8th. They are priced at less than a dollar and will be available nationwide by 2021. Hmm. So I'm not going to lie. I'm probably going to buy all three and try all of them. Also, you kind of hooked me with the fact that it's the spiral noodles. I I got a soft spot for for the spiral noodles from being a kid. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Less Something about this. What? 
I said less than a dollar. Yeah, that's what they've said. Huh. They haven't like released. Never... They haven't released the official price, but like PepsiCo apparently has said, yeah, less than a dollar. I feel like for that price, like we each need to get a box of all three and try them, and then see how we all think they taste. Y'all, mac and cheese is one of my food groups, so. I mean, <laughs> I'm okay with this, especially as long as that jalapeno one isn't actually green, which it's not. Mm. So. I eat it too. That's actually like my one of my favorite flavors of Cheeto, so I'm very interested in that one. <laughs> the spicier the Cheeto, the better. So. But flaming hot? Yeah. Flame, flame and hot mac and cheese? Flame and hot Cheetos are the best Cheetos. That I've one scares me a little hot. though. Oh my gosh, really? flame and hot Cheetos are so good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're I've, like I've never... they're hot, but like in a good way. Like I don't feel like I need to drink seven gallons of milk after I eat them, but like it's a good spice. They're so good. <laughs> <laughs> flame and hot Cheetos are the best Cheetos. Hashtag like, not I, I don't really like regular Cheetos anymore. So we each gonna get a box and we're gonna try one each, like. Well, there's four of us, but yes. Well, but oh, we're in one location. They're not. Fine. Sorry, I didn't mean to spoil things. <laughs> I'm getting all of them for our listeners at home. They hadn't figured it out by now. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so there's I mean, like. Lo- Go ahead. I was just gonna say, like, should we do like? Uh, like have it span over three weeks. Like this week, we all have flaming hot. Ne- you know, the following week, we have all have the jalapeno. Or do we each have a different one? I like us all trying the same one. Mm-hmm. At the same time. Yeah, agreed. Okay. All right, so this is this is what we're going to do for sweeps. Then, all right. <laughs> <laughs> but there is there's a local place that does like a super cheesy mac and cheese and then they put crushed up Cheetos on top of it and it's chef's kiss. Like seriously, one of the best things I've ever eaten. Really? Mm-hmm. It's so good. I need the name of this place. Yeah. Once, once, we once we're recording. sponsored, I'll give it to you on air, but until then I'll give it to you off air. Thanks for me. Hashtag that's what she said? Mm. I'll give it to you later? Really? <laughs> no, I'll, I'll give it to you off air. <laughs> Can I shame him for that, please? You know, it's not the worst thing he could have said. <laughs> it's not the worst thing I've said tonight. Yeah. It's not the worst thing you said in the last half, like 15 minutes. So we'll let it go. Okay. All right. So before I get myself into any more trouble, uh, that's going to do it for this episode of The Geek Awakens. Be sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram to keep up with what's happening throughout the week. And be sure to let us know any cool things we're missing out on. Uh, also, any questions, comments, or concerns, shoot us an email at thegeekawakenspodcast at gmail.com. From all of us at The Geek Awakens, thanks for listening, and we hope to see you next time. Everybody, say bye. Bye! bye.